0: This is The Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast today. Our guest speaker is Spencer Koch, who works at Reddit. Spencer, welcome. thanks, Altas. So uh, let's talk today a little bit about uh, uh, data flow diagrams and threat modeling, Spencer. Um, A lot of security teams today are used to uh, using a stride methodology. And that's part of their threat modeling. And for many of us, this is really the way that we've been trained. Now, one of the goals for threat modeling is ultimately to propose mitigations that would reduce these uh, vulnerabilities that could be exploited uh, based on weaknesses within our systems. Uh, the challenge we have is a lot of time is required to, to, to go in and produce these data flow diagrams. And, um, you know, even when producing the diagram, sometimes it's not understandable by other people that need to make use of this information. So can you talk a little bit about the pros and cons of trying to scale threat modeling using Stride and the data flow diagrams across multiple DevSecOps teams? Uh, You know, what's your experience?
0: Yeah, doing anything at scale is always pretty tricky, right? So I think having seen it both from my previous like big corporate uh, energy company experience and then also how we do it at Reddit, it, there's no there's definitely no one-size-fits-all answer for it. Um, and the way that a lot of uh, security practitioners approach it is with the, you know, like I'm going to take exactly what OWASP has, copy and paste that, and then try to do exactly what it prescribes. I think, you know, the idea of threat modeling is to, is to, introduce a discussion in the design phase around security problems and challenges and how you address them. So I think focusing more on that outcome rather than did I complete a DFD, however that might be defined, do I, do I have the pretty picture with all the markings, do I have the complete bank of mitigating strategies and the risks and are they all, I, do, I think that getting to that level of perfection, if you're a big bank, cool, you can probably pull it off. If you are not, then you should settle for good enough, right? So you're just getting that conversation is what I find the most valuable with developers. So the thing that we're doing at Reddit right now is trying to figure out how do we get developers to include that way of thinking about misuse or abuse cases, Mm -hmm. not only just from security, but from like a consumer safety product standpoint as well. Like Reddit, we're a platform that people use That's also another misuse avenue that you might not see on other platforms, but a good example is, well, credit card fraud. How often are are developers thinking, you know, if you're taking payments and like most businesses take payments, right? If you're not thinking about, well, how can you be used as a vector for validating credit cards or, you know, anything around that fraud scenario, like getting developers to think in that misuse mindset, that's where threat, like for me, that's, that's the definition of, I did a threat model, it's good. I've, I've got tangible things that came out of that because people are thinking about it in a way that makes them think outside of the, okay, well, I, I got my data stores. I understand how I'm going to be able to scale this out and, and persistent redundancy, all those good things that people normally think about, getting them to think about the contrapositive to be what if everything goes completely wrong, that, that's a win for Threat
1: Modeling. hmm yeah, that's really interesting. And you you talked now also about um, additional techniques, right? It, it's trying to meet people where they're at to facilitate a discussion. So in the case of developers, uh, dealing with it through misuse cases, uh, because they're used to dealing with use cases and, and they're thinking about the normative way that people would use a given system. But have you ever thought about ways that, you know, that people might come in and, and maybe even just accidentally do something with the system, which may not be what the original intent was and, and trying to drive it from that perspective. And I think there's so much richness that can come out of this discussion now. And and it brings up this idea that threat modeling isn't just within the realm of a security person inside the design phase, but it's now beginning to, to consider like how we might bring others into the discussion as well. So we might even have from a mitigation standpoint, we'll take a look and say, here's a recommendation for what we think makes sense. But getting that feedback to say, well, you know what, but this asset is not mission critical. So we don't need to consider that without really, um, you know, trying to look at it from a negative standpoint, but just saying, you know, it was good that the discussion came up. But now there's some learnings that have happened as a result of something like this. Can you talk, Spencer, a little bit about um, when when we go and we produce these threat models, uh, there are bound to be a lot of regularly recurring issues that come up, and and so we're we're putting out these uh, very common mitigations on on things that should be done. Uh, do you think there's an opportunity here in the DevOps model where we have to move quickly and we have to release things fast to to put this into a set of security requirements up front. Does that work at all?
0: I think it it does. And it, again, it, this is very dependent on your environment. But if I if I take like that example and I look at how Reddit uh, has applied some of these concepts, like one of the things that Reddit has always struggled with is around rate limiting, and so the the abstraction of that, like it's always a, a thing that we talk about in our design docs. And the best way to get that addressed is to not have every single service reinvent the wheel of like, how are we going to do threat or how are we going to do rate limiting? But it's more, let's build that into the framework of the, uh, the underlying service that, you know, all services have to inherit that framework and make it really easy, right? Like we literally have a, a class called rate limit in our base plate framework, which we leverage to do that, right? And so it makes that question really easy Like, hey, well, what's, what's the rate limit strategy going to be for this service? it makes it really easy and we just say, well, well, we'll use the standard library. And the hardest part about that discussion is then figuring out the numbers, right? Like how many actions in a particular time slice. That, that makes the, the problem go from really hard and like you have to think about algorithms and how are we gonna address it down to, well, I'm just gonna take this component, reuse it, put in my values and call it done. So I think that certainly applies to any type of habitual pattern that you might see. Um, another great example is at Reddit. We, we've got you know, 15 years of cruft. We have a really hard time getting authorization right. And so, like, what can you access? Can you access a subreddit? Can you access a post, et cetera? And abstracting that away would be the best idea. Now, mind you, it's, it, it can be really hard, but that's where that's still valuable for the discussion. You can still have that discussion. Okay, well, how is this going to be applied if it's too hard to be worked into a framework? right, like off is really hard for us to to build into a framework, then that at least is a consistent threat model question that needs to have an answer. And so for us, it's not, we're not trying to get, you know, when we do the threat modeling design review, we're not trying to get every single type of threat identified and, and accounted for, but we try to slim that down and say, well, what are the big things that Reddit really cares about? If it's an if it's an auth service or something that's more security related, sure, we'll go off the deep end and, and actually threat model to the nth degree.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: if it's a new feature, then we look at can we, you know, can we hit the big five questions, have really solid answers for those, and then we consider that good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah that's really good. Uh, so you know, when we when we now consider what what we're trying to achieve here, um, they're almost you know, historically we've seen these various pockets of security information. So we've got, you know, MITRE produces some stuff on CWEs. We've got OWASP producing some stuff. We've got teams internally looking at things, but it's almost like like there's this convergence that's happening where we're starting to build all of this stuff together uh, in a way that uh, facilitates this cross-functional discussion. Uh, Can you talk from your perspective, Spencer? What do you see in terms of the future of threat modeling, you know, you talked a little bit about how, how you're envisioning things evolving, but you know, put this out maybe, you know, 18 months, two years from now, like what do you see as threat modeling, like as an activity?
0: Yeah. And I I really like, there's a recent article by Leif Dreisler over at Segment. And I think he's got it hundred percent right, right? Like it's the, the decentralization of threat models and empowering those developers to, to to be trained on what a threat model is and to do it themselves and then hit up security if there are questions, right? I think we see that for a lot of areas of security where we're moving more from something that used to be run and managed by a security team to something that is overseen by a security team but the actual day-to-day execution is something that's more in the developer camp. Um, And honestly, that's the only way that we can possibly scale, right? There's never gonna be enough AppSec engineers. There's always gonna be more developers. So if we just teach people how to do this thing that we want them to do in a, in, a, in a sense or a fashion that makes sense to them, right? So not just saying, well, here's threat modeling, here's Stride, go read a book on it, but let's actually turn it into doing a threat model that's relevant to the business, doing a threat model that's relevant to the developer landscape and get people familiar with those kind of concepts. And then you know people people love checklists, come up with what is that checklist that's hopefully informed by your whole management program, right? So you see bugs that are coming in from bug bounty programs or consistent things that are having to be reworked, like some sort of metrics that helps drive what are you gonna actually tell people to focus on? Because, you know, you look at like the OWASP, ASVS or any of the other like MITRE frameworks, there's a bajillion different things that people have to worry about. Uh, and if you try to go that approach, like your death by spreadsheet, nobody ever wants to do. Mm-hmm. But if you can come up with here are the major concepts and get people to, to do the fundamentals well, that's a better starting point than a lot of organizations are at today and gets us to the place where you can start building on foundations. So you might take your top five items that you might have from a bug bounty program. And so we're always going to threat model these types of things. And then you might develop consistent controls for it, like something in the framework, et cetera, or you might, you might develop you know, patterns and habits in your devs that that is no longer a problem. Well, guess what now you get to add on or substitute out things into that threat model and that's how you're iterating not just having to start and try to get perfect in the at the very beginning just just do good enough and then keep iterating based on a consistent platform that has taught people the behaviors those taught people the tools and, and then you can start adding on all these other different things that then becomes codified in, in knowledge bases and it's not just tribal knowledge or you know one security engineer trying to do everything. It's now a, a habit that has been trained and learned. It's a muscle that can be flexed throughout the organization.
1: Mm, that's wonderful. And and I think uh, you touched on so many things there. Uh, fundamentally, it's, it's trying to ensure that what we do is going to ultimately add business value, uh, which is to both enable the business and at the same time, uh, provide them with some insights on what needs to be mitigated so that the business can in fact move uh, in a way that's still promoting security. Spencer, thank you as always for participating in our discussion today. Yeah, sure. Thanks Altas.
0: Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com slash demo for a free demo today. Want more of the Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.